Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Tri-Cities Church. Oh, man. It's too sunny outside for that. Good morning, Tri-Cities Church. All right, y'all are looking good. Hey, it's a good morning to be here and to celebrate all that God is doing in our lives, in our community. You know, as a church, the big thing, our gathering is all about us coming together, uh, worshiping the Lord who made us, right, who reached out to us, who knows us, who loves us, learning his word, and then being sent out into the world to make a difference. That's what Tri-Cities Church is all about. We're all about going out, being gathering, and then going out in the world to make a difference. Hey, this time of year, and I've been saying it on Sunday morning, is one of my favorite times of year at Tri-Cities Church um, because it's the time that we're gearing up for our big give offering. Uh, Every year, uh, if you haven't been with us for a while, every year we take up an offering in November. Uh, Usually it's a Sunday before Thanksgiving. We've been doing this for six years now. It's the one time a year when we pass the plate at Tri-Cities Church. Uh, We take up an offering so that we can give it all away to others that are doing ministry in our community, so that we can support other ministries that are doing good work, specialized work in our community. We believe this is one of the most effective ways of engaging in God's mission in our world, not by us starting a ton of programs here at Tri-Cities Church and saying, hey, why why don't we go do this, and why don't we go do this, and why don't we do this, and we do all of these things poorly, but rather we support other people that have figured out how to do these things well, who have become experts in their field, and how we can send our people and send our money and resources to do that work in our community. Well, last year, um, we we, uh, exceeded our goal for our Big Give offering, And this year, our goal is $20,000 is our goal to take up on November 18th of this year. And we want to take that up, and we want to give it all away. So I'm looking forward to us exceeding that goal again this year. Uh, This morning, you have a chance to hear from Terrence Lester with Love Beyond Walls. It's a ministry that's right here in College Park that is doing good work in our neighborhood. You know, the first time, and I don't know whether this is the first time I met Terrence, but one of the first times I met Terrence, our church was just starting, and his ministry was kind of just getting off the ground as well. And uh, somebody came to us, and they wanted to give us an old church bus. You may have heard me tell this story before. They wanted to give us an old church bus, and as a new church, maybe one year old at that time, As a new church, we just couldn't see what we would do with an old church bus. All we could see was insurance and maintenance cost and having to secure it and people breaking into it and living in it and all kinds of stuff out in the parking lot. And that's all we could see. And I I remember having a conversation with Terrence and telling him about this church bus and somebody wanted to give it to us. And we say, hey, man, it would be great to have it, but we don't know what we'd do with it. And ultimately, we ended up turning it down. And I I just remember um, these words. He looked at me and said, you never turn down a bus. Uh, and, uh, well, we, and I said, well, we could go talk to the church that wanted to give it to us, and if they're willing, they'll give it to you. And he went and got the bus, and I think it was for, he may be going to tell this story this morning, but it, he lived on top of that bus uh, for 30 days, I believe, as a campaign to raise money to transform the bus and to turn it into a ministry for homeless people where he um, would be able to travel around and help restore dignity to the lives of those who are on the street um, by giving them haircuts and uh, just caring for their, their needs. Um, he, he did something, and he had a vision beyond what I was able to have at that moment. I've come to know Love Beyond Walls is one of the most innovative ministries uh, that I know, and I'm proud to call Terrence a brother and proud to be able to watch and see what they're doing and to participate as a church in the work that they're doing in our community. 
Um, so I'll, let's just welcome Terrence to the stage. Thank you. Good morning, Tri-Cities. Well, I'm excited to be here. Uh, as you know, my name is Terrence, and I'm your friend. <laughs> um, very excited to be here. Uh, this morning, I, I just want to celebrate uh, Pastor Jamie, Pastor Wesley, and this entire church community for giving me an opportunity to come up here and share. And I was very moved uh, just in the back listening uh, to Wesley call me his friend and brother. Isn't it good news to have people to journey life with that will call you friend and brother? Also, uh, my wife is here, uh, and my children are here. They're in a the kids' ministry. Uh, my wife is my best friend, and my children are my little best friends. Um, so I'm glad to always have my family with me uh, where, whenever we get a chance to travel and give talks at different uh, churches about the work that we do. Um, I want to as it is my custom, read the passage of scripture that we'll focus on. It's found in Luke uh, chapter 15. Uh, we'll pray, and then I'll, I'll start. Could we do that? Uh, Luke chapter 15, if you would turn there, uh, we'll read verses 3 through 7. And I'll give you a chance to make it to Luke. And it reads... So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he says, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Uh, let us pray. Uh, God, you are everything uh, sometimes I personally don't even uh, believe there are enough words to express and communicate your goodness, your grace, and your sovereignty. Uh, they are without measure, and we never take you for granted. God, thank you for being the God that would pursue the one and the God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. God, thank you for being a God uh, who is able to bestow peace and comfort in the midst of our personal storms, but yet you're still alive and moving and caring for those who are living on the margins of society. We ask that you would speak to us this morning. Uh, it is in Christ's name we pray and ask it all, and the church said amen. Uh, can I ask you something uh, this morning? I want to ask you a very personal question, and I, I just want you to ponder on this question because uh, this question that I'm about to ask you uh, will probably cause you to have some self-introspection. And the question is this, have you ever been lost? Or here, here's a better way to phrase this, what does being lost mean to you? 
I know we can all identify uh, being lost. Uh, we're headed somewhere. We're driving in our cars. We're probably looking at our uh, map quest, and we're trying to figure out where we're going, and we're about to be 10 minutes late to this place, and we're lost. We can all identify with that, or some of us can identify with our bosses coming to us on our job and giving us a new project, or us uh, receiving some new information in school, and, and, and for the first time, we see this information, and we just go, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm lost. I'm lost. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Or maybe you're the person, if you're honest, uh, you'd say, I'm lost in life. I thought I had it figured out on my own. I thought all of my decisions would land me in a place where I wanted to be in life with what I wanted to do. And now you find yourself, and if you're really honest, you'll say to yourself, man, man, Tanner, I, I'm, I'm just lost. I'm, I'm lost. I don't know the direction my life is headed. I don't know which way uh, to go. But I, I just come here to, to confirm and to tell you that although you're lost, God is still good. See, there are some challenges you'll face when you feel this sense of, of lostness. Uh, this sense of lostness gives you this, this cloudiness. And cloudiness can challenge you in many ways. And one of the ways it challenges you is that it challenges you with your sense of direction. You ever been in a place where you ask yourself, where am I? And I, I'm not trying to uh, uh, like uh, belittle you or anything. It's not the where am I geographically. Like we all know that we are in Tri-City Church and we're in East Point, Georgia. But I'm talking about the type of where am I, uh, the type of where am I where you're thinking and pondering and trying to figure out where am I in my life? God, I need you to speak to me through your word and give me some sense of direction. Have you ever been lost? And the cloudiness will cause you to lose your sense of direction. Or have you ever been lost where the cloudiness will also cause you and challenge you with your place in the world? And if you're really honest, you'll say, man, I'm that person that's trying to find my place. And, and you'll ask yourself questions like, do I belong? Do I belong? Or how about this? Am I welcome?" You ever been on the margins of life and you ask yourself, I, I, I just, am I belong, God? Do I belong anywhere? I, I feel like I, I can't find my place where I fit. And let me tell you something. Uh, our story with Love Beyond Walls starts with me being lost. Yeah, I was lost. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you bring up the picture, uh, I was very lost. Um, I didn't have any sense of direction uh, because I grew up uh, statistical uh, things about young African-American guys. I was lost, didn't have a present father. He was tangibly absent, right? And so my mom did the best that she could. And during this time, I'm going to a school that you guys partner with. Uh, it's called uh, Frank McLaren High School. I'll never forget, I was having a very difficult time in my life. I'm 16 and a half years old. Uh, I'm, I'm having all of these social uh, problems stemming from my household, and I decide to, like, literally want, run away as a teenager. And, and the night I'm sleeping in the park, I'll never forget, I, I bounced around from high school to high school, and I was kind of lost trying to search for my identity. I was bouncing around, bouncing around, uh, not really understanding that God was in desperate pursuit of me through the gospel, 
uh, of Jesus Christ. And I was bouncing around, bouncing around. And this, I'll never forget, I was sleeping in a park, a homeless, as a teenager. And I'll never forget myself saying to myself, I'm not going to finish school. I'm just going to go here tomorrow, and I'm going to go in the school building, and I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to tell the teachers at this alternative high school, because this is like the school that was a, a catch-all net or for individuals trying to uh, figure out what, what they're going to do with their lives. And, and so I go in the school, and I'll never forget leaving this school uh, for lunch, and I said to myself, I'm not going back to school, six and a half years old. And all of a sudden, I see this guy. Um, He was homeless. He was experiencing homelessness. He begins to stumble over to me and my friends. Uh, I I remember it clear as day. I was right there in College Park. Uh, It used to be a Shoney's over there. Back then, I was close to this Shoney's restaurant. And he's stumbling over, and he calls over to the group. He says, Young guys, come over here. I was the only one to respond. I walk over to him. He has trash hanging from his beard. Um, he smelled like he hadn't showered in a, in a few weeks. And he says to me, young man, do you go to that school over there? He stumbles a little bit more. I say, yeah, uh, that's the school I go to. For no apparent reason. This guy tells me, he says, man, whatever you do, uh, do, not, do not stop going to school. Uh, you have to finish. You have to finish strong. And as a matter of fact, you're going to one day be a leader. The first time I ever heard somebody call me a leader was from a guy who was living on the streets and he was homeless. I turn around and I go back to that school and this, 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 this statement uh, was just in my mind. And, and for the first time, I understood what, the, what preachers would talk about and my mom would talk about, about God. We serve a God that would literally leave the 99 in pursuit of the one. Who is the one? The one is the one who's dispossessed. The one who is the one who's broken. The one is the one who's down and out. The one who is the one who we would think is so far from God that... It, God can't reach his hand out, his anthropomorphic hand, and grab the one and let the one know that he loves them. God loves the one. God loves the downtrodden. God loves those who are living on the margins. And let me tell you this morning, we have to be as a church about the one, the one that needs to hear the good news and the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, that they matter. And, and, and I'm, I'm the one. I'll never forget going back to school and I finished. Um, and God literally started to change my life from the inside out. Uh, some of us, uh, we settle into our lostness so much that we want to change our lives from the outside in. And we pursue things and we pursue social groups and we sh- pursue all of these things thinking that these external things is what really validates or gives us our sense of self-worth. And it's not. And God literally changed my life. I received Jesus. Gave me a wife 12 years gave me kids, and about five years ago, I started really, really diving deep into this idea 
of a good shepherd that would leave 99 and pursue uh, the one? What does it mean to leave the 99 and pursue the one? I was riding uh, downtown, and if you could pull up the picture, I seen this place called Tent City. Um, It was this encampment of people experiencing homelessness. And I just kept driving by and driving by. And every week I would go to church and I would hear uh, the good news of Jesus Christ. And then I would find myself in the heart of the city passing by the very people who needed to hear this good news. And I'll never forget, I started building this intentional relationship with this guy named Kurt. He was the one. And for about three months, I'm talking to Kurt, and I'm having breakfast with Kurt. And I'm saying, Kurt, man, let me just take you to a shelter. Let me get you off the streets. Let me connect you to the network of people that I know. And Kurt responds to me. He says, man, what do you want from me? And for the first time, Kurt shares his story with me. He says, man, I lost my wife and my daughter in a car accident. I started to go to work, and I got depressed, and I couldn't function at work. I lost my job, and now I'm on the backside of an abandoned and building and you see all this trash out here he says what do you want from me at that time I was reading this passage found in Mark uh, chapter 10 verse 45 where it says for the son of man did not come to earth to be served but to serve and lay his life as, and give his life as a ransom for many I'll never forget wrapping up breakfast it was around November driving home and I, I started to think about a Savior who would come to earth and take off his shoes to put on ours, to empathize and sympathize with us as a way of connecting us to our God in heaven. And I got home and I started to talk to my wife. And I said, uh, I think I need to do something. Um, I, got, I have education now. I've overcome a lot of things. I think I need to intentionally live as a homeless person in the heart of the city. Um, And so I did. She allowed me. But before she did, she said, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? And so I remember the day they dropped me off under a bridge, that same bridge. And I started to reflect on how Jesus showed up for the one several times throughout the New Testament. He showed up for the adulterous woman and told her to go sin no more. He showed up for the man at the pool of Bethesda and told him to get up and walk. He showed up when he healed the leper. Uh, He spoke a word and the centurion servant was healed. He showed up for the one when he told Lazarus to come forth when he was in a tomb. He healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. He healed a woman with the issue of blood and he raised Jairus' deceased daughter. Jesus always showed up for the one. And if we're really honest, many of us in here were the one. Uh, We were the one who couldn't find our way. We were the one who was wrestling with our internal poverty. We were the one who who was uh, in need and we were vulnerable and we needed God in such a way. And we realized this good news that God had always been in pursuit of us through the gospel. It's always been Jesus' model. And so I lived under this bridge, and I ate out of trash cans, and I stood on corners with my friends who were experiencing homelessness, 
and we begged for dollars because they had no health insurance, but they had terminal illnesses. Uh, I remember being put out of restaurants for asking for water. I remember people uh, walking across the street, not even knowing that I was not homeless. I was just out here among the one, uh, treating us badly. And I started to reflect on, why is the one a challenge? You know, the one a is a challenge because sometimes the one seems unimportant. Why would a shepherd leave 99 sheep to go after one single person who was deemed lost or far from God? On the, outset, on the onset, it seems like the one sheep is insignificant. But the good news of this passage is that God reveals to us, God goes after the one because God cares for every single one. God cares for you when you're carrying your burdens. God cares for the person who's sleeping under a bridge. God cares for you when you don't know your way. God cares for you when you, you feel spiritually disconnected. God cares for the one. And we live in a society that would like rather gloat about all of the numbers. But when it comes to the one, the one just seems so unimportant. But let me tell you something. If you are that one this morning, I want you to I want to remind you that there's a good God, there's a good shepherd uh, that cares for you. Uh, the one also seems uh, not convenient. Uh, going after one uh, in this passage would require that the shepherd who is seeking this one lost sheep, that it takes work. What if the shepherd was in a comfortable place, a place where everybody was just like hanging out and uh, one gets lost? Uh, there's a commentary where a scholar would say the shepherd would literally have to go and fight through trees and the forest and the wilderness or wherever they were just to find the one. And when he found them, if the one had broken his leg, he would have to carry the one back home. You know, the one sometimes seems not convenient. But isn't it good news that God will move heaven and earth and pursue you through the gospel just to let you know you are loved? You are important. This is what this passage is, is telling us, that we serve a God that is not concerned about lofty numbers or scorecards. God is concerned about the very hairs on your head, that he's concerned about you and everything that you face in your life. And so under this bridge, I began to meet uh, several people, and I, I brought attention to this, this issue um, and we were able to get uh, a little over 18 people off of the streets through reuniting them with family members. <laughs> and so our whole ministry has been built around this idea of what does it mean to build intentional relationships with the one? 
the one who lives on the margin of society, the one who is experiencing homelessness, the one who don't, doesn't know how they're going to eat their next meal, the one. And so we get a chance to meet people like Virgil who has a pair of boots in his hand, hands. And it's not just about giving him boots, but we know Virgil's story. Uh, we know that this pair of boots was the only thing stopping Virgil from getting a job because he was wearing house shoes everywhere. Uh, we know this veteran named Chris, uh, the very next picture, um, and it's Veterans Day, um, who I met and our organization met, and we found out that he had been praying for food uh, for a couple days. Uh, we were able to share his story in a way and within a day's time get him uh, in East Point, an interview with the VA and he was able to get into a program that got him off the streets. Or how about Ronald, the next picture, uh, the one who had been living on the streets uh, for 30-plus years, and he was literally lost, hadn't talked to his family members in over 30 years, and a volunteer, uh, just normal people. Like, And this is what I love about uh, the gospel. You can be a regular person and God can use you, right? And so uh, this volunteer comes to our center, uh, builds a relationship with Ronald, and um, she has a knack for research, and she literally finds his family after 30 years. He was able to say hello to his sister on Facebook uh, because of the power of technology. Or about, how about uh, Mark, uh, who we found digging in a dumpster behind our building and instead of calling the police on him we asked him what is your story because he was the one uh, he had, we learned that he had college degrees um, very articulate probably one of the most articulate guys that we had ever met and we go man what are you doing digging in a dumpster behind the building and he says I used to work across the street from CNN and so um, I got depressed, I fell on hard times, and I've been out here about five or six years. And we, we understood that uh, Mark needed this community around him because he was the one that had been lost. And so we walked with Mark, and we found out that it takes eight months to sometimes secure identification because uh, if, you need, if, you ha if you don't have ID, you need ID to get ID. And we had to secure lawyers uh, to get his uh, his birth certificate. And I told Mark, I said, we, we house uh, people temporarily from time to time. I say, man, you know, if you go to distance, we'll go to distance. And we launched this campaign uh, called Hire Mark, um, where we stood on street corners with these signs that says, Hire Mark, across uh, from CNN, where he used to work. And uh, his resume was passed around thousands of times via the internet. And um, six days after we stood out and got all this uh, momentum behind his story, uh, he was hired. Uh, he was hired at DNK across from Greenbrier, right? But here's the real kicker. He was trying to get back in corporate America, and we said, bro, just, like, just, just do the work. We're going to continue to surround you with the community, and we're going to believe God to do the amazing uh, for your life because God is good, and you are the one. And so two weeks later, uh, he got a call, and he was able to get himself back in corporate America. And Mark, right now today, stays in East Point 
on his own. And let's celebrate God for that. We do all types of work. Uh, we have a center in College Park. Uh, we, we view it as a community uh, place where people, all the ones, can come and gather and we can build relationships with them. And we, we do a lot of services, but we only use those services as a vehicle to enter into the relationship with the people we love and care about because they are the one. And in closing, I... You, you may be asking, how, well, how do you reach the one, right? You know, some of you may be saying, I am the one. Um, and I just want to, I, I use this, this principle called LIFT, L-I-F-T. Um, the L stands for let go of your comfort zone. Uh, there's a point in the passage where Jesus talks about the good shepherd literally having to leave the comfort of 99 because he saw value in the one that was lost. Let me ask you something. How is your calendar set up? And if we were to look at it, would it reflect uh, the things that God uh, would want you to pursue? Uh, the things that will uh, tr transfer over into eternity? Uh, the things that matters most? Or are you still uh, having your plate crowded with things that are not even supposed to be on your plate. And let me tell you something. People ask me all the time, how do you change? How do you change the world? <laughs> and let me tell you, I want to change the one. I want to change the one that's right in front of me. I want to change the one that's in this community. I want to change the one in College Park. I want to change the one in East Point. I want to change the one in Hateville. And I'm praying to God, like, God, show me who the one is. And then give me enough courage to leave my comfort zone so I can pursue the one to let people know that you, like, like you're good. Um, the I stands for involve yourself with people who aren't like you. Did you know that Jesus commands to love your neighbor? He's not talking about, like, love people like you. He's talking about loving people who aren't like you who don't look like you, don't come from the same socioeconomic background, who, who's not the same race as you, right? Diversity is a core value. Like, love people. <laughs> Why do we put so many stipulations around loving people? You know, uh, the one matters so much to God um, that God doesn't have a checklist. And I would uh, push you guys that if you do have these stipulations of who, who's deserving of love, I would, I would encourage you to let them go. Um, the F, I would say uh, figure out ways to walk with somebody and not for them. And there's, there's a distinction in our ministry in, in like how we come alongside people. Yeah, people have needs, but most importantly, we're there as a support to walk with people. We're not trying to carry their problems for them. And uh, lastly, I would leave you with this. Testify and share the goodness of God uh, with the one that God sets before you. Wherever you go, the love of God should compel you so much that you want to talk about Jesus in such a way that points 
all of the glory back to the, to the Father in heaven. Well, you say, you come before one who's down, you say, yeah, you may be down, but let me tell you about a good God who is able to be with you in your down moments. Yeah, yeah, you may be depressed, but let me tell you about a God who is able to give you peace in the midst of chaos. Yeah, you may find yourself and you are lost, but let me tell you about a God who will find you even when you seem lost. I want to pray this morning before I close uh, because there may be some people in here (laughs) that need to be lifted. And I just want to pray for uh, the persons who may feel like, man, I've been struggling. I've been looking at the the climate in our culture. I've been looking at... um, TV, I've been reading posts, and I'm just like disturbed in my spirit, but let me, let me remind you, um, why are we looking at resources and not the source? Um, we need to focus our minds on the God who's bigger uh, than all that we see and face, because I'm sure that God will remind us that God is good. Uh, let us pray. God, I pray this morning for the person who may feel lost, stuck, ambivalent about life. God, I pray for the person who has just been on the edge asking, where is direction? Where is guidance? Where is peace? God, I pray that you would remind that person that you are peace you are guidance, that you are good. Um, Pastor Paul said something earlier, Lord, when he said uh, that we should never allow our our lack of faithfulness uh, determine uh, your goodness. And God, uh, this morning, I, I pray that you would remind us to be faithful wherever we are. Um. Sometimes when we think we're in a place where nothing's happening, you're doing your best work underground. Um, God, I also pray for those who are in this place who may have been on the edge, and you're, they're just wondering, should I, should I love people? Should I go and give? Should I give my time? Should I give my resources? I pray for that person that you would remind them that, yeah, whatever you're leading them to do, you're about the one. Um, because you are good. We love and thank you for our time this morning uh, that you've allowed us to share. And I pray uh, grace and God's favor and peace over everybody present. Amen.